0: But so today I'd like to talk about the question, "Why are we here?" Because I think this is a question which we ask an awful lot on various, many different levels. Why are we here? We ask, we ask ourselves, and everybody's thinking. Yeah. <clears throat> like this morning, I was meditating, and I thought, "Gee, what am I doing here at this Thai monastery? What am I doing here? Why am I not out there having fun as well?" Well, this is one way of, uh, this is one level on which we ask this question when the meditation goes goes uh, difficult. But there are many levels on which we ask this question and there are many, so there are many, many answers we can give. The first, the first way we ask this question, of course, is we ask it on a general philosophical question, philosophical level. And (coughs) this is common for people who uh, profess no religion or perhaps um, not really uh, sure about their religious faith or so on. But the various philosophical thinkers of the Western world over time have always asked the question, why are we here? And in India it was was the same. There was always the question, why are we here? And in fact, throughout the world there's always, we find on various levels, the question, why are we here? And it it tends to be answered on on, uh, various different terms. We, some people, well, most often we, a- we answer it based on uh, the existence of a creator who created us. And so this is why we're here. And we're here to do the will of the creator. Or we're here to obey the creator. We're here to worship the creator and so on and so on. And we come up with all of these ideas, these reasons. We ask this question... Uh, sort of sort of, we make a presumption when we ask this question on this level. We make the presumption that there's somehow a reason why we 're here it's it 's kind of like um, we say begging the question begging the question means that you uh, by by giving the the uh, by giving the answer that we 're here to uh, to do the will of God, we are presupposing that there is a God already, that there is some kind of God, or that there is... Um, even to ask the question, why are we, uh, why are we here? We, we are presupposing that there somehow is uh, a reason why we're here, that there somehow is uh, some kind of higher purpose. And in fact, the question, why are we here, is only really one way of looking at things. And as we know from a Buddhist worldview, it's, it's not the only way of, of looking at the world. And it's not the only question we, we can ask. Because when we say, why, why are we here, we automatically assume that uh, somehow this is a purposeful state of existence that was set up by either a... Uh, well, generally by a higher power. And this is why we always come up with the answer to serve the will of the Creator or to follow after the will of God or so on. But we don't have to ask this question, on, uh, at least on this level. When we ask the question, like, in general, why, are we, why were we born on earth? Why are we like this? We can, we can, we can simply answer it from a Buddhist point of view is that, well, we put ourselves here. We made ourselves like this. And we, we don't need this reason uh, or this, you know, I'm here and I have some purpose and this existence is purposeful. It's like we were born here because of our greed and our, our aversion and our delusion. From a Buddhist point of view, we don't have to, we don't have to make this a purposeful existence. Of course, then there are those people who don't ask this question at all and who who have answered this question in their mind that there is no purpose, that life is just some random series of events and here we are somewhere in the middle of it and it's just going to keep going and going and going. This is not far from the Buddhist standpoint, but uh, in Buddhism we, we take it another step further and we say, okay, so it's a random series of events, but we can still do something about it. We can still influence this random series of events. It's not f- fatalistic. Because fatalism is another presupp- presupposition. It presupposes uh, something about the future, that there is uh, a future and that there is a past and so on. But in Buddhism we only recognize the present moment and we see that this is changing at all all the time uh, but never leaving, never going outside of this one moment, and so when we when we practice buddhism we are we are influencing the present moment we 're not uh, f- we 're not fatalistic in the sense of uh, saying that we can that we have we can do nothing about the situation we 're in, and we just live in any way that we see fit we see that we recognize that there is an interaction going on here between ourselves and the world around us. And we influence, we we recognize and we start to uh, develop ourselves in this present moment. And we bring about a change which we believe is for the better. So we don't ever ask, you know, what was the reason I was put here? Or we ask in a different way and we say, boy, I, I really got myself into a mess here. Or i I got myself into this this situation, and now i 'm going to get myself out. It's kind of uh, looking at things from a different different point of view uh, point of view, instead of what is the prescribed thing that we should do. We say, well, there's a lot of things we could do, and some of them are probably going to be better than others, and I'm going to learn which way is better for me and so we take it upon ourselves to learn and to study. And to better ourselves, to f- bring about peace and happiness for ourselves. This is somewhat in common with the general attitude of kind of randomness, but it's a little bit more calculated. It's not—it's not given in to the fact that things are, are foretold, and so you know we can do whatever we want, and in the end. We're going to, it's just going to go in that certain way. It's kind of like a simplistic way of looking at things. We don't see that by push, putting ourselves on a certain path, there's, there's actual results. You see, we, we see somehow that uh, in that case, if it's all fixed into the future, I'm just going to get as much pleasure as I can because the results are going to be like this, like this, like this anyway. You see, in Buddhism or in, in even not only in Buddhism, but when we reflect on it, we can see that uh, there's no element of fatalism in reality. There's an element of uh, collect, collecting or accumulation, where everything we do accumulates and creates this aggregation of, of what we call a being. And we can influence this at every moment. Every moment that we're mindful, we, every moment that we're meditating, we change the present moment. Every moment that we're not mindful, we change the reality and we build up these unpleasant and unwholesome states. So this is, this is a look at the question, the real, the real answer that we've given Buddhism, why are we here? What is the, what is the ultimate goal of being born? The only answer which we can come up with uh, is that we, we're here, we're born to be old, to get old, sick and die. You see, we, this is why, you know, this isn't the most important question in Buddhism. In Buddhism, we think this is a ridiculous question. Well, no matter what you do, some people say we're here to, um, they say we're here to do the will of God or so on. This is one thing. Many people will say we're here to to be successful or we're here to um, find sensual pleasure. Some people will say we're here to, help people or we're here to help our country or we're here to further further uh, society or civilization and then there are of course some people who live for simple things people who live to uh, live for their children people who live for their wife, live for their husband people who live for other people and so on people who live for <coughs> for food and people who live for, for various things People whose lives are obsessed with certain uh, activities or certain objects, uh, but in in Buddhism, and not only in Buddhism, in sort of a there's sort of a general understanding among religious traditions. If you look in the the Jewish Bible, you see in Ecclesiastes you see a whole section on how meaningless it all is. People who are getting rich and thinking that riches is the most important and. It's King Solomon, he says, you know, I've seen these rich people die. I've seen these rich people suffer and cry and and are miserable. I've seen uh, wise people, people who knew so much about the world and were able to teach and so on. I've seen them get old, sick and die and I see that their lives go to nothing as well. I've seen all, all beings on this planet, no matter what they do, uh, in the end, they have to get old, sick, and die. And so he comes to this idea that everything is meaningless. And this is somewhat similar to Buddhism, except, of course, uh, that we, we we accept wisdom. And he sort of does as well. Solomon says wisdom is a pretty good thing. But you know, in Buddhism we say, well, wisdom isn't exactly meaningless because it allows you to overcome this and to get out of this cycle of old age sickness and death. And, and it's a little bit more... Uh, wide, uh, open-minded, or, or it's kind of more of a wide, broader viewpoint. Solomon's his conclusion is that we should all just worship God, which, of course, seems useless as well. I mean, you worship God, so then what? You still die. Uh, but this is, of course, a different religious tradition. But here we say, when when you become wise, then you know, at the very least, old age, sickness, and death—they're—they're uh, they're peaceful. They're not a source of suffering for you. And of course, at the moment when you die, your whole life flashes before your mind. And if you're not able to deal with this, if you're not able to cope with this, it can be a great amount of suffering. Anyway, this is one level on which we talk about why we're here. And in Buddhism, we we, we don't really talk too much about this question. It's not really an appropriate question. We're only here to get old, sick, and die. And if you're looking for purpose, that's all you've got. If, on the other hand, you're looking to Change who you are, you accept the fact that you put yourself here. Today, at this moment, you're here because you've developed yourself in a certain way. Then you accept the consequences of that and you accept the responsibility of changing and of, of developing yourself. Another way in which we often hear this question why are we here? This is, we start to get into the meditation now. People often ask the question why are you here? Why are you here meditating? Why are you a monk, or why are you a meditator, why are you only eating in the morning, or why are you doing all this walking and sitting? Why have you given up all of these wonderful sensual pleasures in the world? And this sort of is an important question for meditators as well, because we're always going to be asked this. And sometimes we're not able to answer. We're, we're not able to give an answer so quickly, and you know, we've never, we never thought about it. Meditation is something new to us, and we're kind of you know, we're not sure why we're here either, sometimes. But it's something that we have, to, we have to study, and we have to understand the many benefits that come from meditation. I've given a talk before on why everyone should meditate. So why are we here? We're here, we're here because our minds become pure. This is the most important reason. Uh, it, it's not self-evident, but it's the most important part of the meditation is that our minds become pure. And this is, um, though it's often not a, the highest selling point, it's the most important reason. People don't realize the importance of having a pure mind. And so helping to ex- it helps to explain to people you know, the importance of, well, meditation It makes your mind pure. And this is important because you know, if, you, if your mind is impure, this is why you suffer. If you're clinging to things, if you're addicted to this or that it's just a bad thing we're here because we have suffering we have sorrow, sadness lamentation, despair, depression stress, all of these mental sicknesses and meditation helps us overcome these if we're we're just lazy our minds are useless and they just flip flop everywhere, everywhere going from happiness to suffering and back and forth again we're here to overcome suffering We're here to find the right path We're here to be free To be free from, the bo- from our own minds From this constant uh, addiction and This constant uh, craving uh, This constant liking and disliking And judging uh, This constant state of, su- of suffering And, and all, we're here to free, be free from our bad deeds as well be free from ourselves in the sense so many, so many times we do things and we say things uh, without thinking and without the ability to control ourselves. When someone yells and uh, screams at us, we're so often unable to fight ba- un- unable to, to stop ourselves from fighting back, from yelling back, from striking out, or from at the very least from getting angry and upset inside. This is one reason why we come to practice. Then we can ask ourselves, another reason, another way we ask this question is we ask ourselves, why are we here? And this is really sort of what I wanted to focus on today. Uh, I won't take too much time, but just talk about this question, because this is where it comes up the most often for us. When we're practicing meditation, we don't often think about, you know, why am I here in the world? We've kind of put that aside for now. What am I going to do, or where am I going to go, or so on. We're instead focusing on the meditation here and now, and we're asking ourselves, why are we here? And, or sometimes we don't ask, or sometimes we, we ask it in the wrong way. We ask it sort of with the implication that uh, we, we're not sure that this is a good thing to be doing. You know, we're not sure what we got ourselves into. And so we have to ask ourselves, well, why did you come? Why did we why do we decide to undertake meditation? And uh, the, 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 the important point here is that oftentimes we come with the wrong idea in our minds. We come thinking that meditation is just an escape. It's a way to find instant peace and calm in the mind. We come with the idea that meditation is easy, that meditation is always pleasurable, that meditation doesn't, doesn't require us to change who we are. Sometimes we come not, not thinking that we want to change who we are. We like who we are sometimes. And we come just you know trying to reinforce who we are. Um, to maybe uh, keep ourselves the way we are or, or, or so on. Or just because we think it's a, some part of who we are is to meditate. The truth of meditation is that it's not an easy thing. It's a quite a difficult thing to do and it's a training. And if you don't realize this, this can make your meditation very difficult. And this is why we ask ourselves, "Gee, uh, am I really doing the right thing by being here?" I mean, this is this isn't what I expected, and it's it's very difficult. And it's, I'm, it, it's kind of like it's, it doesn't fit my personality. But what we mean by that is it's not easy, and it's changing who I am. It's sort of uh, questioning a lot of the presupp- presuppositions, presumptions that we have. Meditation is not something that's always pleasurable. We have to deal with many of the unpleasantnesses of life, unpleasant situations, unpleasant uh, experiences. And this is most important. It's not... The the times when we sit and feel very peaceful are not really that important. I mean, what are you going to learn from a peaceful and a happy state of being? You know, great, it's peaceful, it's happy, move on. The point is, we're here for... We have a task here. We're not just here to... Take a vacation. It's not like going to Hawaii or going to the Bahamas or something or going to sit on a beach and you think meditation is lying there in the sun. It's a whole different thing. Meditation, even in the Western sense of the word, it means to consider, to find a a resolution. When you have a problem, you meditate on it. So here we have a problem. Uh, We have many problems in our lives or in our minds or so on. And we're here to resolve them, to put some end to, to get some some sense of uh, closure to many of the issues that we're facing. And meditation is, is really going to challenge many of the, the pre- pre-sup- presumptions that we have in our mind. It's going to force us to come out of our little bubble. It's going to force us to look at many of the things that we hold on to. It's going to ask, make us ask ourselves, you know, is this really good for me to hold on like this, to cling? You know. And it brings us face to face with a lot of suffering because we are clinging. Most often we cling to so many different things. We cling to our little bubble, our state of, of calm, our state of uh, stability in our lives. And it forces us ever and ever again. Meditators, often when you go through meditation, you end up crying. You cry uh, often. And we do this as sort of a, a reflexive action. When, when we see unpleasant things, when we're faced with these things, often the only way we know how to deal with them is to cry. You know, it's opening up. The important about crying is that it's, um, it's not a solution for the problem. It's like a child when they get, when they get they start crying and well it's on on a physical physiological level it is a, a solution on one sense because it creates all these uh, i think endorphins or so on it makes you feel happy inside and calm inside and it's able to do away with some of the the pain the physical pain but it doesn't get rid of the aversion and the or or the addiction or so on, which is the cause of the suffering so this is important that we don't we don't use these... But in general, that we, we are willing to change ourselves. Why are we here? We're here to change ourselves. We're here to train ourselves. We're here to develop ourselves. And if this isn't the case, well, we better start to, uh, start to look and, and ask ourselves, you know, am I really here for the right reasons? And the reason why my meditation is difficult is often because I'm not doing it for the right reasons. Sometimes we sit and we think, oh, my mind's a mess. Okay, I'm going to sit here and stop my mind from thinking. I say it, and we try to force our mind to stay with the rising and the falling and force our mind not to go anywhere and As a result, our meditation becomes this this really stressful experience because we 're forcing it to be like this or to be like that we can 't accept it for what it is. Meditation is training ourselves to accept things for what they are, accept things as they are, including bad meditation there 's really no such thing as a bad uh, meditation experience there 's only the bad uh, or the unprofitable uh, reaction to the experience. So we have whatever experience comes up we'll, we we react to this and we say oh my meditation is no good or oh I'm not being mindful or oh and this and that. Well the, these are the experiences that we have our experience of a mind which is flying all over the place a mind which is addicted or craving this or craving that, a mind which is angry or upset at this or at that. And we still have a chance to, to, to train and to overcome these things, to change these things. But instead we get all upset and worried and uh, we, we confuse the reason why we're here. We're not here to stop these things. We're here to understand these things. And when we understand everything about ourselves, we'll be able to and do away naturally with the things which are unpleasant because we understand them to be a source of suffering. And if we don't ever look at them, if we just push them down, we're only using an intellectual understanding of things. And we don't really have a chance to experience these things. The same when we run away from experiences, when we feel pain or upset and we run away from it. We, we shift or we stand up or we uh, lie down or so on. We're always running away from the experience whenever it comes up. In the same way, we in this very same way, we can never accomplish the goal of meditation. So it's important for us to, to ask this or to look at this question seriously when we start to have doubts about why we're here. Well we, have to, we have to understand clearly the reason why we're supposed to be here or what is the real reason why we practice meditation. This is a very important... Uh, in the very beginning, when we start to meditate, it's important all the way through. I think, because it's very easy to forget or to lose track of why we're we're practicing meditation. We can get into bad habits. We can meditation can become a stressful a, um, or it can be become an addictive experience where we just indulge in the ni- the pleasurable sensations that come in meditation instead of really. You know, looking at them and seeing them uh, uh, you know, non-judgmentally, seeing them for what they are. So this is um, sort of what I thought I'd like to talk about today. The final thing is, the final way we should really look at this question, why are we here, is we ask the question, why are we here, as in this very moment? Uh And when we ask this question, we can start to bring ourselves back to the present moment. We're living in the present moment because it's all that we have. It's all that really exists. Why are we watching the rising and falling? Why are we uh, sticking so much with the present moment? Because the present moment is all that's real. And all of our problems, they have a source in what is real. Before we can extrapolate and make more of something, there has to be a reality which we're extrapolating upon. You can't create a... uh, There can't be an extrapolation without the seed of reality. Even when we think, there's this root thought, or this thought which arises, and then we start to extrapolate on that, and then we extrapolate on our thoughts, and so on, and so on. But at, at, at the basic level, it's when we see things when we hear things when we smell things when we taste when we feel or even when we think it's all in the present moment and when we think you know, a thought arises we remember something and then we start thinking about it we start thinking into the past instead of just seeing that as a thought that has arisen and of course with all the others it's it's very obvious that when we, when we start to think about what we see it's because we saw something when we start to judge or To get angry or to get uh, uh, attracted to something we see, it's because of the seeing. And so we stay in the present moment because we want to uh, learn about how these problems evolve and we want to understand the nature of these problems. When we feel suffering, it's all because of something real at the very base. But what happens, the reason why we suffer, is because we make more of things than they really are. We're not able to see and to understand things simply as that which is ar- has arisen is uh, here for a short time and is going to cease at some point. Instead of seeing things in this way, you know, simply understanding things in this way, we understand things as good, as bad, as me, as mine, as controllable, as uh, out of our control, or so on. In whatever way we understand them, then we, we react to them in this way. And so we create for ourselves addiction and aversion, or all sorts of delusions like conceit and views, and so on. So this is the most important question that we ask. This is goes for probably all of all philosophical questions. Is that when we ask what is the most important, what is the most, what is the truth? Uh, when we ask about why, we have all these questions: why, 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 why. In the end, the most important question, the most important answer is, why the present moment? And the the answer is, because the present moment is reality. We can ask questions like, why do we suffer? Then we suffer because we're not aware of the present moment. So, The most important part of existence is the present moment, because it's in the end all that exists. And everything about who we are, who I am, and so on, this is all created in our mind. I saw a fascinating, uh, I think I mentioned this fascinating uh, video of a woman who had a stroke. And uh, when she had the stroke, she suddenly wasn't able to judge things anymore. When she touched something, she wasn't really able to see the difference between the object and the the hand. When she looked at it, she only saw shapes. She didn't even see shapes, she only saw energy. Because she wasn't able to judge because half of our brain wasn't working. And it's interesting how so much of, of what we think is real is actually just a concept, a creation that arises in the mind. When in fact everything that we experience it can be broken down into the body and the mind, into two parts. The body is simply the four elements. These four parts of our experience the mind is also four parts. It's our feelings, it's, the, it's memories, it's what we think of things and it's the experience or itself. But when all of these come together then they create so much more. And so the meditation is simply to bring us back to these things. So today I just wanted to sort of help everyone to see that sometimes the difficulties we're having in meditation are simply because we're not looking at it correctly. And so the the questions why we're here, and, ha- and sort of how Buddhism can help to answer these broader philosophical questions of why are we here and so on. It sort of helps us look at things in a different way. That we're here to train ourselves. And that also goes for the meditation. That we, uh, not only are we on this earth, we have to train ourselves. When we come to meditate, this is why we've come to meditate. Because this is the, really the best thing we can do in this world, is to train ourselves to train ourselves to become moral, to train ourselves to become focused, and to train ourselves to become wise, to understand uh, ourselves and the world around us. So that's all for today. And uh, I encourage everyone to continue practicing.